Chapter 5.4 of the 9-11 Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Mary Rohde. The 9-11 Commission Report. Chapter 5.4. A Money Trail. Bin Laden and his aides did not need a very large sum to finance their planned attack on America. The 9-11 plotters eventually spent somewhere between 400000 and $500,000 to plan and conduct their attack. Consistent with the importance of the project, Al-Qaeda funded the plotters. KSM provided his operatives with nearly all the money they needed to travel to the United States, train, and live. The plotters' tradecraft was not especially sophisticated, but it was good enough. They moved, stored, and spent their money in ordinary ways, easily defeating the detection mechanisms in place at the time. The origin of the funds remains unknown, although we have a general idea of how Al-Qaeda financed itself during the period leading up to 9-11. General Financing as we explained in Chapter 2, bin Laden did not fund al-Qaeda through a personal fortune and a network of businesses in Sudan. Instead, al-Qaeda relied primarily on a fundraising network developed over time. The CIA now estimates that it cost al-Qaeda about $30 million per year to sustain its activities before 9-11, and that this money was raised almost entirely through donations. For many years, the United States thought bin Laden financed al-Qaeda's expenses through a vast personal inheritance. Bin Laden purportedly inherited approximately $300 million when his father died, and was rumored to have had access to these funds to wage jihad while in Sudan and Afghanistan and to secure his leadership position in al-Qaeda. In early 2000, the U.S. government discovered a different reality. Roughly from 1970 to 1994, bin Laden received about $1 million per year, a significant sum to be sure, but not a $300 million fortune that could be used to fund jihad. Then, as part of a Saudi government crackdown early in the 1990s, the bin Laden family was forced to find a buyer for Osama's share of the family company in 1994. The Saudi government subsequently froze the proceeds of the sale. This action had the effect of divesting bin Laden of what otherwise might indeed have been a large fortune. Nor were bin Laden's assets in Sudan a source of money for al-Qaeda. When bin Laden lived in Sudan from 1991 to 1996, he owned a number of businesses and other assets. These could not have provided significant income, as most were small or not economically viable. When bin Laden left in 1996, it appears that the Sudanese government expropriated all his assets. He left Sudan with practically nothing. When bin Laden arrived in Afghanistan, he relied on the Taliban until he was able to reinvigorate his fundraising efforts by drawing on ties to wealthy Saudi individuals that he had established during the Afghan war in the 1980s. Al-Qaeda appears to have relied on a core group of financial facilitators 
who raised money from a variety of donors and other fundraisers, primarily in the Gulf countries and particularly in Saudi Arabia. Some individual donors surely knew, and others did not, the ultimate destination of their donations. Al-Qaeda and its friends took advantage of Islam's strong calls for charitable giving, zakat. These financial facilitators also appeared to rely heavily on certain imams at mosques who were willing to divert zakat donations to Al-Qaeda's cause. Al-Qaeda also collected money from employees of corrupt charities. It took two approaches to using charities for fundraising. One was to rely on Al-Qaeda sympathizers in specific foreign branch offices of large international charities, particularly those with lax external oversight and ineffective internal controls, such as the Saudi-based Al-Haramayn Islamic Foundation. Smaller charities in various parts of the globe were funded by these large Gulf charities and had employees who would siphon the money to Al-Qaeda. In addition, entire charities such as the Al-Wafa organization may have wittingly participated in funneling money to Al-Qaeda. In those cases, Al-Qaeda operatives controlled the entire organization, including access to bank accounts. Charities were a source of money and also provided significant cover, which enabled operatives to travel undetected under the guise of working for a humanitarian organization. It does not appear that any government other than the Taliban financially supported al-Qaeda before 9-11, although some governments may have contained al-Qaeda sympathizers who turned a blind eye to al-Qaeda's fundraising activities. Saudi Arabia has long been considered the primary source of al-Qaeda funding, but we have found no evidence that the Saudi government as an institution or senior Saudi officials individually funded the organization. This conclusion does not exclude the likelihood that charities with significant Saudi government sponsorship diverted funds to al-Qaeda. Still, al-Qaeda found fertile fundraising ground in Saudi Arabia, where extreme religious views are common and charitable giving was both essential to the culture and subject to very limited oversight. Al-Qaeda also sought money from wealthy donors in other Gulf states. Al-Qaeda frequently moved the money it raised by Hawala, an informal and ancient trust-based system for transferring funds. In some ways, Al-Qaeda had no choice after its move to Afghanistan in 1996. First, the banking system there was antiquated and undependable, and second, Formal banking was risky due to the scrutiny that al-Qaeda received after the August 1998 East Africa embassy bombings, including UN resolutions against it and the Taliban. Bin Laden relied on the established Hawala networks operating in Pakistan, in Dubai, and throughout the Middle East to transfer funds efficiently. Hawaladars associated with al-Qaeda may have used banks to move and store money, as did various al-Qaeda fundraisers and operatives outside of Afghanistan, but there is little evidence that bin Laden or core al-Qaeda members used banks while in Afghanistan. 
Before 9-11, al-Qaeda spent funds as quickly as it received them. Actually, terrorist operations represented a relatively small part of al-Qaeda's estimated $30 million annual operating budget. Al-Qaeda funded salaries for jihadists, training camps, airfields, vehicles, arms, and the development of training manuals. Bin Laden provided approximately 10 to $12 million per year to the Taliban in return for safe haven. Bin Laden also may have used money to create alliances with other terrorist organizations, although it is unlikely that al-Qaeda was funding an overall jihad program. Rather, Bin Laden selectively provided startup funds to new groups or money for specific terrorist operations. Al-Qaeda has been alleged to have used a variety of illegitimate means, particularly drug trafficking and conflict diamonds, to finance itself. While the drug trade was a source of income for the Taliban, it did not serve the same purpose for al-Qaeda, and there is no reliable evidence that bin Laden was involved in or made his money through drug trafficking. Similarly, we have seen no persuasive evidence that al-Qaeda funded itself by trading in African conflict diamonds. There also have been claims that al-Qaeda financed itself through manipulation of the stock market based on its advanced knowledge of the 9-11 attacks. Exhaustive investigations by the Securities and Exchange Commission, FBI, and other agencies have uncovered no evidence that anyone with advanced knowledge of the attacks profited through securities transactions. To date, the U.S. government has not been able to determine the origin of the money used for the 9-11 attacks. Ultimately, the question is of little practical significance. Al-Qaeda had many avenues of funding. If a particular funding source had dried up, Al-Qaeda could have easily tapped a different source or diverted funds from another project to fund an operation that cost four hundred dollars to $500,000 over nearly two years. The Funding of the 9-11 Plot As noted above, the 9-11 plotters spent somewhere between four hundred dollars and $500,000 to plan and conduct their attack. The available evidence indicates that the 19 operatives were funded by al-Qaeda either through wire transfers or cash provided by KSM, which they carried into the United States or deposited in foreign accounts and accessed from this country. Our investigation has uncovered no credible evidence that any person in the United States gave the hijackers substantial financial assistance. Similarly, we have seen no evidence that any foreign government or foreign government official supplied any funding. We have found no evidence that the Hamburg cell members, Atta, Shehi, Jarrah, and Bin al-Sheib, received funds from al-Qaeda before late 1999. It appears they supported themselves. KSM, Bin al-Sheib, and another plot facilitator, Mustafa al-Hawsawi, each received money, in some cases perhaps as much as $10,000, to perform their roles in the plot. After the Hamburg recruits joined the 9-11 conspiracy, Al-Qaeda began giving them money. Our knowledge of the funding during this period 
before the operatives entered the United States, remains murky. According to KSM, the Hamburg cell members each received $5,000 to pay for their return to Germany from Afghanistan after they had been selected to join the plot, and they received additional funds to travel from Germany to the United States. Financial transactions of the plotters are discussed in more detail in Chapter 7. Requirements for a Successful Attack As some of the core operatives prepared to leave for the United States, Al-Qaeda leaders could have reflected on what they needed to be able to do in order to organize and conduct a complex international terrorist operation to inflict catastrophic harm. We believe such a list of requirements would have included leaders able to evaluate, approve, and supervise the planning and direction of the operation, communications sufficient to enable planning and direction of the operatives and those who would be helping them, a personnel system that could recruit candidates, vet them, indoctrinate them, and give them necessary training, an intelligence effort to gather required information and form assessments of enemy strengths and weaknesses, the ability to move people, and the ability to raise and move the necessary money. The information we have presented about the development of the plane's operation shows how, by the spring and summer of 2000, Al-Qaeda was able to meet these requirements. By late May 2000, two operatives assigned to the plane's operation were already in the United States. Three of the four Hamburg cell members would soon arrive. End of chapter 5.4